On today's Fantasy Baseball in 15, we have a large crowd of daily and weekly streamers to consider. Like death and taxes, Dodger's been a Dodger. <laughs> I have That's not had uh, three co-brews yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Friday, June 11th, presented by Topps. Check out Topps Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Topps baseball cards. I'm Al Melkier, and I'm here with Derek Van Riper for the first time in a while. So uh, DVR, not a whole lot of news to get to today. And being a Friday show, we've got uh, a lot of streamers, both daily and weekly to get to. So let's let's get right in here. Alex Kirilov leaving the Twins game against the Yankees on Thursday with an ankle sprain. He's considered day-to-day, but a much more impactful and serious injury uh, involving Nick Madrigal. He tore his hamstring. He is on the 60-day IL and may require season-ending surgery. Uh, We're looking at Larry Garcia and Danny Mendick as the replacements there. So I think we're looking pretty much AL only. And Kevin Biggio expected, or at least possibly, could return this weekend and we've got a prospect call up DVR Das Cameron coming up with the Tigers in fact already made a season debut in a corresponding move Tigers outrighted Jacoby Jones to Toledo so uh, where are you looking to pick up Das Cameron this weekend I think he's mostly AL only leagues and keeper in dynasty formats I do think there's a path for him to play enough where he becomes relevant in a greater number of formats than that deep mixed leagues like a 15 teamer is not out of the question. What's interesting to me is that Cameron is actually still pretty young. He's only 24 because he was a supplemental first rounder out of high school for the Astros back in 2015. Uh, So it seems like he's kind of been around in the minors forever, but age to level, he's sort of appropriately aged at this point. And I'm willing to look at that profile and say, with the speed that he offers to put behind a little bit of power, it can work. It's probably a low average, good OBP sort of skill set, not totally unlike the numbers we used to get from his dad when he played. Yeah, great comp, great comp. And uh, Cameron's really brought down the strikeout rate too so far this year. So I am leaning maybe towards looking for him in the 15 team leagues uh, this weekend for uh, you know the steals and maybe a better batting average than we would have expected just uh, you know maybe a month ago. So uh, definitely one of the targets we'll be talking about a little bit later on. The Mariners got Jake Bowers from Cleveland for a player to be named later or cash considerations and some other Mariners news. Justin Dunn, he's going to be activated on Friday to start against Cleveland. Um, Yusei Kikuchi, his next start had been up in the air, uh, took a comebacker off of his knee in his last start, but he is now slated to make his schedule start uh, on turn this Saturday. And Luke Voigt, he could begin a rehab assignment as soon as this Sunday. So that's something that we'll track over the weekend. And Zach Britton is slated to return sometime by next weekend. So if he's out there in your saves plus holds leagues, uh, probably won't pitch much this coming week. But uh, it's time to pick him up if he is somehow out there uh, because he could be back very, very soon. All right, DVR. Well, let's take a look at a few of the standout performances from Thursday. Uh, Mitch Haniger, the latest of many, many players who have hit two home runs in the game. So the home runs are coming back as the weather warms up. He's now up to 16 on the season. He is seventh among outfielders in 5x5 roto value. And that top 
10, top 20, top 25 looks really weird right now if you look at it. There's no Mike Trout, of course, no Juan Soto, no Mookie Betts or Christian Yelich. Uh, so Haniger maybe not a legitimate top 10 outfielder, but where would you see him roughly at this point if you had to project for 2021? Probably in the 35 to 40 range, and I'm putting him there in part because I assume that even if he doesn't stay in Seattle where the outfield's going to get very crowded, he's going to end up in a position where he can still play every day next season. Does a little bit of everything. I think you see some concerns with the walk rate being down this year. It's If you want to nitpick, that would be the biggest concern. A 306 OBP doesn't necessarily portend a long-term everyday player, but the power is legit. We saw him getting to that back before all the injuries really started to catch up to him a couple years ago. The K rate's down from where it was when we last saw him. There's more good than bad for sure, um, but I see him as kind of a 250-260 guy that's going to pop 25 to 30 homers most years, and he's already more than halfway there. I mean, he's on pace to hit about 38 or 40 this year. I don't think he's going to get quite there, uh, but a nice start to the season for him to be sure. So given that you see him maybe on the outside as a 30 homer guy, uh, if you had Hanniger in a league, would you be trying to trade him at this point? Yeah, absolutely. I think he's the perfect kind of player. If you're moving a bat, trying to get an arm and someone else is going the other direction, you could absolutely work out a deal there and, and not feel bad about it. The The best 60 game stretch of the season for Mitch Hanniger has probably already happened. Doesn't mean he's going to completely fall apart, but you've already banked the most efficient 60 games he's probably going to have. Yeah, well, somebody who has Hanniger uh, makes me a little sad, but also probably some good advice there. Uh, Jonathan Scope on a power tear of late, hit his 10th home run of the season on Thursday in that same game against the Mariners, part of a 3 for 4 game for Scope. Uh, it's his third two-homer game out of his last eight that he's played. Uh, where would you seek to add him if you were available? 15-teamers is usually the line, but every once in a while, you got to play him in a 12. The schedule is good enough where you can justify it and he's another volume guy because of the opportunity he has in Detroit but this is Jonathan Scope in a nutshell like a very streaky player who does have legitimate power especially for a second baseman all right and a couple of pitchers here to focus on Frankie Matas with a very good start against the Royals six and a third three runs but only two of them earned on five hits no walks eight strikeouts and it's his third straight start where he hasn't given up a homer and over his last four, a 14.0% swinging strike rate. So Montas definitely in a nice groove right now. Uh, do you think that this will last or is this a sell-high opportunity? I'm in on Montas as a guy that can pitch to an ERA and the high threes or very low fours with a decent whip and, and miss plenty of bats. So if those are your expectations and you can get him for less than what it typically costs to get a pitcher that can do that, then he's an absolute buy for me. Um, I, I think the the splitter is something that is a little bit problematic for every pitcher. It's, it's one you can kind of lose command of pretty easily, but it seems like he's kind of pushing things back in the right direction. So I think I trust Frankie Montas more than most. All right. And uh, Dallas Keuchel with a good start against the Blue Jays. A very un-Dallas Keuchel-like line with eight strikeouts in six innings, just two runs allowed. Uh, but his last five starts, uh, it's been very uneven for him, but it's not the only one in his recent game log that uh, we're, we, we've seen more swings and misses and more strikeouts. So the last five starts combined, 28 innings, 23 strikeouts, just six walks, but also five homers, which is hard to do when you get as many grounders as Keuchel does. But all that adds up to a 3.54 ERA. I just I don't know what to make of him because I tend to think of Keuchel as maybe one of the most over rostered pitchers. It seems like you could find his profile a lot of places, but uh, you know maybe he's hitting another year right now. 
Well, I think with Keuchel, it's really just that he's on a good White Sox team. So compared to a lot of the pitchers that don't strike a lot of guys out and that kind of lean on a more ground ball heavy sort of profile, you know what you're going to get, relatively speaking. And then you have the innings factor where if you're not going to strike a lot of guys out, at least if you get deep into games, it offsets that just a little bit. You're getting you know, four Ks in a start instead of two or three because you're able to get into the sixth inning on a consistent basis. So I think maybe it's just the volume and the team contacts that drive that ownership rate up just a little bit higher on Dallas Keuchel. Because I would agree with you in general that the skills are are scary, <laughs> especially in a matchup like the one against the Jays. Like in mixed leagues where I have Dallas Keuchel, he was on my bench. Yeah, that's uh, an understandable move. All right, well, let's uh, look ahead to some of the starters who are going to go on the Friday slate. A lot that I think are potentially streamable here and a few games where we've got potential streamer versus streamer. For example, Orioles and Rays, we've got Keegan Aiken and Ryan Yarbrough in the Royals-A's matchup. We've got Brady Singer and Cole Irvin. I know he's one of your favorites. And uh, Ross Stripling and Garrett Richards, we've got going uh, for Jays and Red Sox. And then we've got Tarek Skubal, who is kind of borderline streamer at this point just because because of roster rate, but he is still out there, um, which is sort of amazing to me, but he's got the White Sox, so kind of a tough matchup. Uh, Merrill Kelly and the Angels, or I should say versus the Angels, and Justin Dunn at Cleveland. So Aiken, Yarbrough, Singer, Irvin, Stripling, Richards, Scooble, Kelly, Dunn. That's a lot to uh, to think about, but who, stri- who stands out to you in this group? I definitely trust Ryan Yarbrough where available. So he'd probably be at the top of the list on a scenario where every one of these guys happens to be out there. The guy on the other side's not bad. Keegan Aiken is doing the things that I'd hoped Dean Kramer would do. Decent K rate, good walk rate. Uh, you know, it's not going to be, it's not going to be amazing every time out, but good enough to use him. I think we keep looking at the Rays and until they bring all their elite young hitters up, I think they're still going to swing and miss quite a bit even when they put runs on the board. So in a 15-teamer, at least, I think Aiken is streamable. A 12 or anything with an innings cap, maybe you want to be a little more careful. You mentioned Scooble. This is one of those matchups where I wouldn't want to use him, even though he's pitched a lot better lately. He's absolutely trending in the right direction, and he should be rostered in most mixed leagues because the strikeout potential is so high. But I'd be really careful with him in this matchup. I would say in that Stripling-Richards matchup, I'm encouraged but what we're seeing from Stripling. I don't want any part of that Boston lineup with him just yet. So... Uh, He'd be a a reserve for me if I had him on a Daily Moves roster right now. I think Justin Dunn is the other name, though, that stands out because the Cleveland offense isn't that good. Dunn's walk rate is a bit scary, but his stuff and command numbers actually pop. We're talking about a guy with multiple pitches that are grading out as above average pitches and a command plus score that doesn't necessarily walk right with the, the walk rate that we've seen from him so far. So... I'm actually somewhat confident in Dunn, even though he's coming off the IL to make the start. That's true. So there's a little bit of uncertainty with that. Uh, and I would say, too, that if you're in a league that rewards wins on the opposite side there, Aaron Savali, who's been giving up a lot of home runs lately. So it's actually, I think, a pretty nice matchup for Justin Dunn. So uh, let's now look a little further ahead this weekend and start uh, thinking about our fab targets. Uh, we talked about Justin Upton. On the Thursday show, he's been in a groove at the plate. Angels have some really nice hitter matchups this week. So I'm going to be looking for Upton and Max Stacy. 
Uh, just some other hitter names I'm going to toss out there, DVR, um, and you can add and subtract as you see fit there. But Brendan Rodgers, uh, I-, I think it's time to start looking for him, uh, maybe in 14, 15 uh, teamers. Jake Fraley, Abraham Almonte in some deeper leagues, and we also mentioned Daz Cameron, so I'd be looking for him in 14 and 15 team mixed leagues. And then on the pitching side, a couple of two-start, or I should say two-appearance possibilities. Sammy Long, don't know if he'll be a follower or a starter, but... Man, these matchups are pretty nice at uh, at home in San Francisco. Diamondbacks and Phillies, and then Vladimir Gutierrez. The, the matchups aren't as good, but I like the way he's trending on the road at Milwaukee, at San Diego. And I, I'm going to be watching to see what the Reds do to replace Sonny Gray in the rotation because the two pitchers they've got available on the, the 40-man roster or uh, Tony Santion and Riley O'Brien. Santion, to me, would be somebody definitely 15-teamers. Uh, O'Brien may be more... NL only, but um, interested either way. And then on the Thursday show, we talked about Ranger Suarez as maybe somebody who could start for the Phillies down the line. Still hasn't given up an earned run this season in, in long relief. So long list there, but um, anybody from that list you like in particular or or you don't like or somebody who has been omitted? You know, I'm definitely on board with Brendan Rodgers being rostered in like mid-sized mixed leagues. I was waiting patiently for him in a bunch of leagues. And I just think the Rockies have every incentive to just let him play. So that alone, higher volume playing time makes him appealing. But I do think when you look back at some of the numbers he was putting up in the upper levels of the minor leagues, it's really been more about health than performance for most of Brendan Rogers' career. So I'm kind of excited to see what he can do now that he's finally back out there. I know he just homered against the Marlins, I think, on Thursday night. The Jake Fraley opportunity is really interesting because of the injuries that have piled up on the Mariners. I mean, Jared Kelnick's going to be back up at some point, maybe even in a week. Like He could be back very quickly. But Fraley is a tooled up, a little older than he probably should be sort of guy that just needs a chance. I, I was stashing him in a deep keeper league that actually folded uh, over the winter. But I think Jake Fraley could actually be a power speed combo guy that makes an impact the rest of the way. I think he could hit eight to 10 homers and steal 10 bases. If he plays on a near everyday basis, I guess for him, it'd be a big side platoon role. I don't know how much lefty lefty exposure he would get. So he kind of stands out to me as a guy who's probably at least 15 team relevant for now. And you'd want to put him on a watch list for anything more shallow just because stolen bases have been so difficult to get. I would say of the pitchers you mentioned, the one that, I really hadn't ever thought about prior to this week is Sammy Long. I mean, the strikeout numbers are good. Uh, The pitch mix is kind of intriguing. And both of those opportunities are at home. I mean, the Diamondbacks don't scare me at all. And the Phillies outside of Philadelphia are a lot more manageable as far as a team you take a chance on. So I think Sammy Long is definitely on my radar. I'm going to be a little careful with Vladimir Gutierrez, even though he carved up the Brewers in Cincinnati this week. I think at Milwaukee and at San Diego, especially that second start, is a really tough one. I think the stuff and command numbers on him are actually not that good. So the correction should be coming very soon for Gutierrez. Ouch. All right. Well, uh, definitely keep that in mind as you make your fab bids this weekend. And uh, so that's going to be it for this episode and this week on Fantasy Baseball in 15. And if you do have an opportunity this weekend to rate and review this podcast, we thank you very much in advance. So for Derek Van Riper, I'm Al Melker, and we'll return here on Monday. <laughs>